Mic check, mic check. Is everything on over there? Are we good to go? All right, all right, five seconds. Taking the time with Brad McAllister of Mitchell Timepieces and Brian Coach. Hey guys, how are we doing? Hey, good afternoon, everyone. That how intro is uh, is kind of nice, right? Yeah, I, I dig it, man. Uh, All right, today we are looking at um, myself and Brian have selected our top five military issued watches. And we just now went over them, and they are very, very different. So this will be pretty interesting. So yeah. Before, before we get into that, should we do a wrist check? Uh, are you not yeah. wearing a watch? I am. Of course I am. But it's uh, I failed to prepare, so I prepared to fail. <laughs> um, well, this to so, wrist to so check to by wrist check monthly How's it that? is yeah absolutely yeah wrist check monthly will be uh, we'll be joining forces with them to you know hopefully bring you strive to bring better content and uh, they have a great watch lottery system a lot of their proceeds go to charity they're absolutely outstanding uh people I really, I can't say, you know, we, we talked about them briefly last time when Ivan was on and really there's, we just have nothing but great Maybe, things to say about all of them. I was looking and, and I don't want to, I don't want to do almost too long, but I was looking through the subscriptions. They have five different tiers. So, I mean, that's pretty yeah. cool. Um, you know, with a wide range of different prices. So oh yeah. anyway, um, without being infomercial though, there uh we'll go ahead and we'll get started talking about our top five uh military issued watches so brian you want to go first okay let's uh let's start out with uh i just i kind of took this in a different direction than a lot of people probably would have and i look for really things that hopefully you guys are going to learn a little bit about some really cool watches from my selections today because war watches could go on as a mini series, literally. But uh, starting off at number five, we're going to have the Marathon that was designed for troops during Desert Storm era. There it is. And this is a really a great timepiece. It was Quartz. Quartz movement had, I believe, a 60-click bezel on there with tritium loom very easy to change the battery just had a simple uh kind of thumb screw on the back if you if you needed to change a battery it was very easy to synchronize your watch with these you could see it because in the you know late 80s and early 90s our night vision wasn't great so the tritium loom definitely helped uh our soldiers as u.s soldiers and it was actually issued to service members. A lot of them were made with fiberglass cases. Some were made with kind of a bronzy case. Some were just, they basically the government said, we want this done by the lowest bidder. Make us a good watch that's 
you know, now is kind of getting kind of rare because a lot of guys either broke them or just kind of threw them away afterwards. So it's, it's kind of a shame, but yeah, that's uh that's my number, number five on the list. So. All right. Um, I didn't put mine in any specific order. Well, it's, um, so the first one I'll talk about is the, uh, originally it was a Rolex uh, 5513. Um, and then the military designation is 5517. Um, and this is where you'll see me and Brian's lists are quite different. Um, when I started collecting watches when I was 19, I started with Rolex, believe it or not. So I went uh, to the king of the hill. I went to the crown first. And so uh, still a lot of those tones will, will um, play into uh, to what I uh, what I pick for a lot of these lists and things like that. But the 5513 and then the later the 5517 um, was an automatic movement um, created in the in the mid late 50s. And um, the British military used it. And, you know, the funny part about this is there was estimated to only be about 1,200 of those made. So they are extremely rare. And uh, as you see in, in the list here, um, this one, I, I would say that that's, that's not a military sub. That's actually a 1680, as it says right there. But um, some good examples are, are right here a little bit better. These are um, six-figure watches. Um, pretty amazing. They're very distinct. The sword hands on the Rolex. This is the only watch you're going to see sword hands, um, if I remember correctly. Um, the T with the circle on the center of the dial. Uh, the the bezel markers are a little bit different than you, what you would have on the Sander sub from the, from those eras too. So, um, my first pick, the Rolex 5517, a exceptionally rare Rolex. As are so many of these war watches just getting rarer by the day. I mean, yeah. it's the way it goes. Yeah. So what's next on your list? Well, next I'm going to have actually the Marathon's brother at the during the same time period. Although Marathon was a Canadian company built building watches in Switzerland for the U.S., uh, they also had a... Uh, brother or sister company, whichever way you'd like to go, called Adenac. And very similar to the Marathon. We had the yeah. the same rotating bezel, screw down crown, same, you know, case cases and everything were, were kept pretty minimalistic. Um, I want to thank Steve Myrtle for so many of these things. It was uh, really great uh, for Gallup World. And you know, especially these two that, you know, he really opened my eyes to some of the, you know, the interesting things that the, the navigator bezel on there, tritium loom. Once again, it's a quartz watch. It's relatively modern. We're talking late eighties, Gulf war, the first one. Um, but this time, you know, for Canadian forces and Adnec, if you spell it backwards is Canada. So, now we're learning things. I, you know, it, it might not be the most original thing on earth, but they did it. It is what it is. It's basically the, basically the almost the same, you know, as um, the marathon. But yeah. definitely, these these saw action in in Desert Storm. These were on soldiers' wrists, Americans and Canadians, and um, yeah, we kind of kicked Saddam back out of Kuwait wearing these watches. So that's kind of why they were important to me. 
Makes so perfect cute. sense. I'm uh, probably, I don't know. I was going to say maybe I'm a bigger history nerd than you, but I don't know. I, uh, we uh, got a healthy competition for that. We, yeah, we do. And, uh, it, it, and and we, we both have various strengths and weaknesses in history. So, you know, without further ado, uh, but. My number two is um, the big pilot. So um, we <laughs> talked. Yeah. We, what is this? The second time we've talked about this watch. You can, um, can you stop really? I mean, it is still <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, the quintessential bomber watch um, in a lot of ways. Uh, 55 millimeter, um, there was multiple brands that made it. Um, let me see if I can rehearse that. Um, Laco, A-Lang, and Sone, which was just A-Lang at the time, if I'm – am I right on that? Uh, um, I believe so. I think they, they they hadn't added on – I think they – at some point they, they got together – it's kind of like it's a whole yeah it's a whole different company now. I mean, it's kind like, of, you know, tag versus the the new tag Hauer or tag Hewer, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, yeah. It was a different watch, and then they got together and they made what it is today. Yeah. So um, IWC made it, and I'm forgetting somebody. But anyway, um, the iconic German bomber watch, um, you know. Every, everybody that collects pilot watches knows, has seen this watch. Um, IWC made, you know, a modernized version of it. Um, they even made a, you know, 55 millimeter uh, in tribute of this watch. So, uh, so I had to give, uh, you know, World War II was, uh, was quite, um, quite a thing for, um, advancing technologies and things like that. And and we definitely see that in the watch industry. Um, I mean, you know, obviously we saw that in uh, aircraft and military advancements with rockets and things like that and the nuclear bombs. But, you know, we got a lot more than that out of it. Unfortunately, maybe due to some evil for sure um, with Hitler's regime um, in the medicine realm. But, um, you know, it, it, at least we can say the silver line Finding is, is we did we did gain some some incredible timepieces and some advancements globally. So uh, technology, uh, jet engine, and rocketry. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, you're up again, my friend. Okay, next up, I'm going to have the Gallic Commander, and this watch is I think it has a, a really great history. Uh, believe it or not, if you've ever seen the World War II movie, The Great Escape with Steve McQueen and and those guys. Uh, in World War II, Lieutenant James Hull uh, was one of the people that actually dug the tunnel, you know, to escape from the camp. Uh, he wore one of these and just, you know, that's... I mean, that, that's a real deal. That's history. And um, there, there's just no denying it. Uh, the movie came out in 1963. I'm not sure if his character in the movie wears this particular watch, but I know the real man, thanks to uh, David Lawrence, um, that the, the real man, he, the real man, Lieutenant James Hull, did actually wear the uh, Gallic Commander watch. So, nice. And 
these were these were amazing uh, chronographs, and they still they still have a a fantastic following. It's G A L L E T. If you guys are interested in googling or anything, there's some really cool stuff that they have. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Are any of these watches obtainable? Are are they astronomically expensive or? Yeah, yeah. The uh, the well, I am. I'm gonna kind of <coughs> spoiler alert. All of these watches were made by Gallat. Every single one on my list. Gallat was the parent company for Marathon, Adnac, obviously the Gallat Commander, Gallat, and so on, going down the list as I come up with those. And the and that's kind of the reason that I chose them, because there's a lot of people who know about this company, and there's a lot of people who don't. And I figured that Brad would not think Gallat when he thought – you know, war watches. I figured he was going to go right for the IWC. Possibly the there may, there may be a Yemma coming up in the program. I don't know. Uh, some, no. Okay. But you know, that's uh, there. You can, you can get some of those models uh, pretty reasonably online. Now they, they do make newer models. They have a Jim Clark racing series. One of the, probably the greatest, I'm not trying to cause an argument, but greatest race car driver of all time. Unfortunately, life cut tragically short. Um, they have a Jim Clark new chronograph out, uh, special prices, but you're talking five to 10,000 on some of these. Uh, the historical pieces, as they get rarer, uh, my last one on my list is probably priceless. So, You'll probably never, ever see it at auction. At least I kind of hope not, actually. So, but you can get one similar for, you know, a, a decent a decent amount of money. And if you, you put, you know, send it out, get the right work done to it, no doubt all of these are going to really, you know, they're going to last a long time. So, yeah. <clears throat> all right. Next up for me is the um, the A11. Uh -huh. All right. And um, that actually has a backwards dial. All the numbers are reversed. So apparently um, I I've been trying to figure out what the true story is, but um, it seems like people only have theories about um, it was used to be read in the mirror. So if this is a, an, a military issue inscription on the back there. And um, I'm going to show you a 24-hour version of it as well. So, these are both Elgin's, Elgin uh, military issued. And um, really, this is big inspiration for the Raider. Um, if, as you can see, the bezel has that um, kind of gnarled teeth. Um, when I was thinking about designing the Raider case, I'm like, I just want to make that bigger. Like, just blow it up. So that's why the, the bezel had those big gnarly uh, teeth on the Raider, because it's kind of like a, just a, an exploded version of that case. I uh, fattened the lugs, lugs up and um, did some, some uh, altercations, alterations, <laughs> altercations to the, 
to the lugs to make it a little bit fatter. But um, for me, um, this was the the watch that that the military issued to a lot of soldiers in World War II, and um, that's why I picked that. It's a, a unique piece. Um, three manufacturers made those as well. It's kind of kind of like the uh, the big pilot, the the B um, that the Germans had. This is kind of our equivalent in a way to that. Um, Elgin made them, Waltham made them, and Bullock made them. They all made um, A11s. You'll see some have smooth cases and some have the uh, the engine tune or the corn tooth bezel or whatever you want to call it. Um, and those were the later ones. And so those these cases that I have are actually new old stock cases that you could actually um, you can actually find. You could probably put one of these guys together for for a couple hundred bucks and have a really really cool piece in your collection. So that's my number three, gentlemen. That's a, that's a bargain too coming in at you know. At that, yeah. at that rate, you know, a few hundred bucks. You're talking about major piece of history, you know, 20th century history, World War II, obviously, huge technological yeah. boom. Uh, but yeah, they they are around because they're made for GIs. They, and I'm, I'm amazed that they had the steel left. Um, so that's fantastic. Okay, up next, um, I went in a different direction. And this is going to be a Gallant World War One artillery timer, and it is uh, well the this the, third one, the third one over on top that next to the square. Yeah, there we go. That one That's there. It's it's pretty much a stopwatch. Now this was issued to the RAF, the British Royal Air Force, uh, during World War Two, and it was basically used to time flights for bombing runs uh when as the war progressed you ran out of visual reference points usually because they were blown up uh usually the only thing left would be maybe a church hopefully those were supposed to be off limits things like that but when you didn't have defined if it was just an open field it would literally you know your navigator would say time and then you just drop your bombs and these are what they would be timing them with so, you know, for history's sake, you say, well, it's not really a watch. It is, though. I mean, it's a stopwatch, technically. So it is a watch. It's a timepiece. And uh, yeah, I want to thank David Lawrence again on this one. It's uh, I know they have uh, you know some a book coming out about the history of Gallat, and I just hope I'm saying that right, uh, as it is a Swiss company. They did tremendous stuff through a lot of wars and helped uh, the winning side. So yeah, we want to thank them for that. You know, hopefully the British bombs fell on the right targets. So, yeah. All right. So next on my list, um, well, real quick, Austin, the first one we talked about was a Rolex 5513 uh, or 17. Uh, the military issue ones, which are uh, triple digits. Um, so I wouldn't call that obtainable for most folks. The next one um, I talked about was the, uh, the IWCs or the, the German um, flinger watches. Uh, and they're uh, around six to 10,000. So that's what we're, that's what we're, our reference point is. I don't know if you were, if you've been here for the whole time or not, but I do appreciate you listening in and uh, watching us, but just to address that real quick, sorry. Um, my next one is 
the Omega Seamaster. <laughs> what is this uh, um, uh, high-end list of Brad's favorite military watches is what we I should have called my list. <laughs> so the Omega Seamaster 300, um, I just love the look of this watch. Um, if, if all things were equal, I'd probably pick this over the Rolex. Um, if you said pick one, I, um, from, from an aesthetics and, and enjoyment aspect, I'd probably pick this over the Rolex, but from an investment point of view, I'd definitely pick the, the 5517. But, um, this was actually, I believe this was the predecessor of the Rolex uh, 5517. Uh, it was issued by the Royal Navy. So the British Royal Navy used these, um, and issued, and that was obviously, um, post so i think in the 60s um but it was definitely post world war ii is what i was going to say um after the 50s the 50s were when the submariners were issued and then i think these were either late 50s or early 60s but again they carried the tradition of the military hands um on the on the omegas and uh just think it's a gorgeous watch no omega has done a reissue of this which which wouldn't be too horrible but um that's my number four pick. Outstanding, yeah. And um, so, who who in a, a war would have been wearing this? But so, um, I, I, would, I would probably privately Royal bought Navy, the Royal Navy guys. Yeah, are, are the ones that got these. The, the, I would call them the Frogmen, but I'm not sure if that be the accurate. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. And the, some of these, you know, some were issued, some, some were bought. Uh, they were just popular amongst different militaries. You know, you, I mean, yeah. the, seriously, this war watches could be a mini series. It really could because there's so many great watches, and they, I had to cut it down to five. And it's just, um, you know, it's it's tragic. But that, yeah, very cool. Definitely, that is an iconic watch of the 21st century. Well, you're going to hate my last pick because, well, you'll see. <laughs> well, yeah, I got to know. It's, uh, I think, uh, is it my turn? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Well, okay. My, my last one. And I also, uh, you know, I also want to give a shout out to Austin Williams, uh, with helping me so much and great pictures and everything with some of the gallets were, I mean, so knowledgeable. I really did. I kind of pulled a, a crowd on these. Um, you know, one that I, I'm not going to be able to get to is a beautiful uh, Vietnam era. It's a Gallup uh, Multicron 24. I wish I could get to that. Um, uh, gentleman, uh, Jeffrey Schmidt had one that it was his grandfather's. He wore it in Vietnam. But my final one, because I had to cut it down to five, comes from Scott Kiofsky and it is the Gallet Flying Officer Red Tail. Now this watch looks, they look beat, they look road hard and put up wet. Um, <laughs> and it's, and they were. Now I'm going to tell you, now I'm actually talking about a very specific watch, more like the one that your cursor's kind of near actually Brad um, it was actually given to Scott's let's see actually his grandfather 
It was given to his grandfather by Eleanor Roosevelt. Hmm. And it was a thank you kind of gift for being a flight instructor for the now world famous Tuskegee Airmen. So, yeah, that's why I said, I hope you never see this one come up at auction. This is such an amazing piece. If Eleanor Roosevelt, Tuskegee Airmen, the whole whole red tail design, it's just that it's total geekery history. (laughs) And I mean, how do you put a valuation on that? It's basically, it's priceless in, in my opinion. So, and I thought I was so thankful for uh, Scott for sharing his story and, and getting this out and really teaching me about this. And the, the, the just the whole thing was really a fantastic learning experience. And I, I pulled, I pulled so much from actual people and their real stories. And I, I kind of wanted to put the real, you know, the guys that had the boots on the ground, you know, the, the men or women of the armed services and, yeah, granted, most of mine are American and British, but this this is definitely. I know it doesn't look like much, but under there, it's it's really really cool. Yeah. So no, no, I mean, I, I this this is probably my second favorite one out of the ones that you presented, and the other one is the other the other chronograph, uh, the the officer was it the officer yeah. is that what it was called? Uh, the was well the the commander the commander yeah yeah sorry yeah. the gallant commander and. <laughs> Everybody, everybody, uh, <laughs> come up with something uh, special. And I, I talked to a lot of people at Gallant World, and they really helped me come up with a really special list of, of war watches. And I, I can't thank them enough. I, I do look forward to getting one eventually. I just look cash poor right now, but you know. So my, my question, my question to Austin is: Is he pronouncing correctly, or is the T uh, silent? Silent. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last up, guys. So I was banging my head against the wall trying to pick one watch to add on to this. Uh, I wanted to stay away from the pocket watches because I could talk about the Hamilton Model Twenty Three. I could talk about oh. the Hamilton Four Nine Nine Two Bs. I could talk about any of the GCTs, whether it's Waffen, Elgin, et cetera. Um, what, whether, you know, there, there's a couple other, I, I, we could literally do a whole episode just on military pocket watches. And, and uh, I could probably pull together uh, an example of at least two or three of them to, to show on, on here. But uh, the T is silent. Austin says, so. Gale. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I assumed. I meant but, to do better homework for this. I apologize. Yeah. Strike one, man. <laughs> you know, Americans, what are you going to do? Americans. You know? Dang it, man. <laughs> Chicken fajitas. Yeah. Well. So anyway. Uh, <sighs> Sorry, guys. We're, we're, taking the, we're taking the long road to uh, to my last pick. But um, so I was going to pick another another uh, World War II timepiece, but there's so many fantastic pieces. So my last pick is the Dirty Dozen. So I just picked 12 watches for my last one. Boom. There they are. So um, these were all issued to the British, if I understand correctly. Um, these 
these have all became exceptionally collectible. I think exceptionally is like my new favorite word, but anyway, um, these are very collectible watches. Um, Vertex, Timmer, um, Lamana, JLC, um, IWC, you know, Longines, Omega. There's, um, if you look these up, and, and um, this is a website I've been on before that talks about all of them, um, acollectedman.com. So if you want to read about these, they're all they're all um, very similar but very different at the same time. They got that British um, T logo at the top that uh, indicates you know that they were a military issue or uh, some some British thing. Maybe maybe Sean or one of the boys will, will school us on that. But um, these are all World War II timepieces and they're very very cool and they're all very neat despite them being very similar. Um, at one point I was trying to see if I could obtain one of these. Um, I think the, the IWC is, um, very expensive compared to the others in the group, but the granite is, um, something that you could probably attain the Timmer, the Sima, the vertex, they were all like on the cheaper end of the group for the 12. Um, but none of them are, um, real, real easy to find. Um, you'd probably have to be patient if you were trying to get this uh, collection of 12 pieces. But so my last, my last selection is the dirty dozen. They are known to be the dirty dozen. So, uh, sorry, Brian, I uh, cheated a little bit on you there. It's okay. I, hey, I threw in some pockets. I threw in, right. Uh, they, they actually. And, uh, yeah, a little dirty trick. I did, uh, all of them were galley. I also thank, thank you, Austin, that uh, Adnac is not pronounced properly. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but uh, I'm, I'm going to work on it. And, you know, these, I mean, these are, these, these are watches you don't see. And you don't really hear about very often. So I'm just trying to bring it to light. I apologize for the mispronunciations and things like that. So, you know, that Amen. was the whole idea was just to have some fun and, Pick out stuff that you know you just don't see every day, and the stuff is going away little by little, and as time goes on. And I mean that, and that's probably why I wanted to highlight some of these World War II timepieces, especially especially the A11s. Um, you can still get those; those are a great piece of history to to pass down to your family members. Um, you can still get the American um, pocket watches. The uh, if you're if you're familiar with it, the Hamilton 4992Bs, and then um, Elgin made a smaller lot of those, and so did Waltham. They only made like 5,000 of those. Those pocket watches are all exceptionally collectible. They all have military markings on the back. They're all mechanical. All three of them are 22 joule movements. And, I mean, to be honest with you, they're probably more accurate than some of the modern automatic pieces. But um, that really is for another day. Um so there's our uh, top five asterisks, cheated, um, military-issued watches. Um, very unique. I really like, Brian, I really like what you brought to the table today. It was pretty dynamic, and it, it, I, learned, I learned about some of this stuff, too, you know, talking about um, the, that red tail last. That was super cool. So um, unfortunately, I brought a, a bland um, mix to the table, I think. Oh, not at all. Not, not at all. I, you know, I, I really went out of my way to try to pick stuff that I knew that you wouldn't pick, and yeah. I, I really did it. 
you know, thanks, special thanks to everybody at Galilee World that they did a fantastic job telling me great stories, fantastic watches. Uh, I, I really, I, I couldn't have done it without everybody there. Austin, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I hope I did you proud, man. Uh, I'm really doing the best. And it's, uh, you know, and there's, there's so many things, like I said, this, this could be a, a 20 part mini series. There's so many fantastic watches and, you know, for wartime and things like that. But, uh, unfortunately we got it down to five and, uh, that's yeah. do it for time constraint reasons. So if you guys liked it, if you like, yeah. please, you know, let us know. And you know, like yeah, drop it. us some comments. Yeah. Good or bad. As long as you watched it, we don't care. <laughs> Pretty much, you know, we're, you know, we're not, we're not getting paid, but it's, it's, this is for, it's truly out of the passion for orology and everything, you know, hope that uh, you guys were guys and gals were able to take away a little something. Maybe you're like, Oh, well, I've never even heard of this one before. So, and my mispronunciation didn't do much help, but you know, actually I think that'll make it stick in to people's minds more, but um <laughs> Oh that was God. really see that Brian actually is playing a little bit of psychology on us there. Uh, smarter than he looks. Better than looking smarter than you are, sir. <laughs> hey, man, I always say I have a doctorate degree, but it's not in English <laughs> or <Wow>. French or <laughs> anyway. Hey, it's, it's uh, all about, it's all about having fun. Everybody, we hope oh, you yeah. really enjoyed this. This. Is, this is a total stress reliever for both of us, <laughs> for sure. Um, anyway, make sure you guys like, subscribe, um, tell us what you don't like, tell us what you like. Yeah. Um, we're trying to improve this as best we can so that everybody enjoys it. And, uh, and Austin, I, I like to thank you for, for joining in and enjoying the discussion. I know a lot of times during the show, we probably don't address the comments as quickly. Um, that's because we're trying to keep that flow. So, yeah. but thanks for jumping in. And, um, if you're looking for an American pocket watch, this military issued, um, Reach out to me and we can talk. I can I can help you or at least point you in the right direction. But yeah. um, guys, again, I want to thank you for watching. Um, if you aren't familiar with Mitchell Timepieces, go on over to our website. Check out MitchellTimepieces.com. Um, also, check out Iconic Timepieces. The Halo Clan's coming soon. The Raider's coming soon. We should have prototypes of the Power Reserve Raider for Mitchell, um, hopefully by the end of the month or maybe in September. Um, really, that's it, man. Um, I think we covered it all. Yeah. I time think, to, hang, time yeah. to hang up the cleats at uh, almost 35 minutes. Just about. That's our, that's uh we'll still beat the cutoff. So we can't wait to see you guys next week. Hopefully we'll have something exciting and fun for you. Like I said, please comment and, uh, see you next time. Have a good one guys. Bye.